Hello and welcome from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This podcast you're about to hear was recorded at our Burugun campus. So sit back, relax, and enjoy what God has to say to you. Well, happy Mother's Day, everybody. It is great to be here together after the last two weeks of being in away from and doing church at home, away from here, and also after missing our Mother's Day together, Mother's Day together last year, so it's great to be here to celebrate together. Today we want to celebrate our mothers and honour them and thank them for everything they do, but we also want to honour and thank all women for the contribution they make and that together we have the privilege of raising and sowing into the lives of the next generation after, that come after us, the next generation of children. So will you join me in prayer before I speak this morning? Father, thank you for your great grace. Thank you for this opportunity to meet together. Lord, we're so thankful when there's so many across our world that cannot do this, do this, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would take my words that are insufficient, these words of a mother who's made heaps of mistakes myself with my own joys and sorrows and burdens and limitations, that you take these words and imbue them with life by your spirit and that you would encourage all the mothers, all the women, in fact, all of us here today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I wonder how many of you have been watching the series, The Chosen? Hand up. If you haven't, I would encourage you to watch it. It's such a wonderful series. As I've been watching, I've been particularly touched by the portrayal of the humanity of Jesus, his real humanity, and also the inclusiveness of Jesus. No one is outside his reach. A favorite episode for me was the episode of the woman at the well from John 4, and the encounter between Jesus and the woman. In this encounter, Jesus has a conversation with the woman as she came to draw water from the well in the middle of the day. In short, Jesus saw her. He saw beyond her circumstances to the person and told her not only who he was, the Messiah, but that he had come to offer living water, the kind of water that he said will become in her a spring of water welling up to eternal life. This encounter is significant in a number of ways. Firstly, Jesus was talking to a woman in a time and culture where men rarely spoke to women in public. She was a Samaritan, hated and put down by the Jews. She had a shameful past. She'd had five husbands, and she's not married to her current lover. In a time when women could not initiate divorce, so she's most likely a victim of abusive men, abandoned by those men who had left her in a difficult economic situation. She was at the well alone at midday, a social outcast. And Jesus moved towards this woman to have a conversation and to cut a long story short, to offer living water. Not common well water, which is of course needful, but living water that comes from God in Jesus 
and is an everlasting relationship with God himself. And it was to this woman that no one liked or wanted that in John's gospel, Jesus verbalized his identity for the first time. I am the Messiah, he said. Jesus was deliberate in this. He went out of his way to take this portrait of a woman shunned by all and included her to show he's for everyone. Jesus intentionally breaks down gender, religious, social, racial, ethnic and cultural barriers. Jesus doesn't elevate one over the other. He unites, not divides. He wants to show that God accepts all, that God's for everyone. All are included and embraced. That the cleansing, pure, living water of Christ that offers love, forgiveness, restoration and life is for everyone. None are inconsequential or forgotten. And his powerful love is best demonstrated as we together, across all the constructed barriers, show to this, to this world that his love is for all humanity. There are many different experiences of women here today, and all are embraced by God. There's married and single mothers, adoptive mothers, foster mothers, mother figures in aunts and grandmothers, spiritual mothers that pray for, mentor, and encourage the children of others. The Apostle Paul had such a spiritual mother. We read his words in Romans, greet Rufus for me. Now that's a great name for a baby boy if you're expecting one. <laughs> Whom the Lord picked out to be his very own. And also his dear mother, who has been such a mother to me. We are thankful for the contribution of all women, as together we make a difference in the life of those of any age coming after us. Despite the joy and privilege of loving, nurturing and encouraging others, whether that be our own children or those God brings into our lives, Let's not pretend that motherhood of any type is always easy or painless or simple. Let's not pretend that everyone in the room has had great experiences with their mothers or that there aren't regrets and hurts from being a mother as well. Life is more complicated than that. The world's more broken than that. And the church needs to be more honest than that. What we can say with great certainty is that no matter your experiences, no matter your choices, no matter your shortcomings, your regrets, your failures, or your victories and great joys and blessings, like the Samaritan woman at the well, God loves you and embraces you. So whether this day is a day of great joy, celebration and blessing, or a day of quiet reflection, or a day you'd rather avoid because it brings painful reminders. My hope and prayer is that you will know God's embrace, his faithfulness, that God is for you and with you, and that whoever you are, he offers you living water, his life by the Holy Spirit in you. 
I thought that this Mother's Day would be great to hear from some women in our church family. So I've asked three women to share what's been happening in their lives this past year and what they've learnt from that experience. Given the uncertainty of COVID and not knowing even a week ago, or actually at the beginning of this week, whether we'd be able to meet in person or not, we decided to film these segments, which means that the ladies can actually relax and enjoy their Mother's Day. Of course, your experience and circumstances will be different than these ladies who are sharing. There's as many different experiences as there are people in this room. But nevertheless, I think you will learn something and be blessed by hearing what they have to share. So let's first of all hear from Adeline Hillan. In October last year, my son, Remy, was born. Um, this was my second son. I also had three-year-old children. Leading up to that was a decade of really hard work and sacrifices. My husband and I, James, um, we took on a really large home to build. As well as I studied and started studying medicine, and after that, was pursuing a career in dermatology training, whilst working multiple jobs to pay the bills um, so that James could be at home with Julian, which was another dream of ours that Julian could have a stay home parent. And on top of this, completing a master's and doing publications, it's quite exhausting. James was also suffering many multiple musculoskeletal issues, needing elective surgeries, which was impacting his ability to work on the home. When Mary was born, we just felt like we were on a rat race leading up to that, always working towards something sad not to be able to enjoy our life together along the way, as we were so resourceful in time and money, we could never really afford to go on a holiday or go out for a family dinner. And then the joy that Remy born when he was born um, in, in October, that was, that was amazing. I could finally spend time at home with my newborn and my toddler which I missed out on the first time around. And this has been the greatest six months of my life and I've got to experience it first, the second time around, um, which I've missed out on. And I've got to watch my three-year-old grow up to be such a big boy. This overwhelming need to enjoy the blessings that God has given us in our children really struck home after he was born. With new life in front of me um, every day, I realised that in order to be the parents we wanted to be, we had to give up some of the dreams that we had for ourselves and our future family. And for us, that meant our big, large, bone-filled dream, uh, which we've already spent seven years working towards. Um, so that we could work less and be more present to spend more time with the children whilst they were growing up. And surprisingly, we had a lot of peace with this decision when we made it. Whilst it's good to have these dreams and goals and to be hardworking, we realised that we were spending every moment of the present pursuing the future and sacrificing so much for it. We pondered what we'd actually lose if we continued like this and we decided we had, we had to make a change. We both reached our limits of what we could do um, without sacrificing what really mattered to us, which was our marriage and the relationship we had with our children. And we couldn't continue like this anymore. Um, the physical, the mental, and the emotional limitations of both of us were just becoming more and more apparent. We know God has a future planned, even though we don't know what it looks like, we, we just really need to slow down and 
enjoy the day-to-day, what he's given us today in a relationship and joy in new life. Thank you, Adeline. It's great to hear the joy that um, little baby Remy is bringing to Adeline and James and his grandparents, I'm sure. New life is such a precious gift to us. It's such a joy, privilege and responsibility to raise a new life. But it's not without recognising that there will be changes, adjustments to be made. <coughs> Excuse me. And most often, letting go of some of our dreams. The relationships are so much more important than the things we could have. And that's because we are human beings and we all have human limitations. We all have limited time, energy and resources. And children have a particular way of making us aware of our limitations, both physically and emotionally. I don't know whether you've found that out. (laughs) and of the need to slow down and live in the present. I used to have this poem on my fridge, which is quite long. I'm just reading a short part of it. Children won't wait. I had it when my children were little, and I felt blessed to have four beautiful children and now six grandchildren. But I needed to remind myself often to slow down and still do as my grandchildren are growing up so quickly too. There is a time for night feedings, for colic, for baby tears. There is a time for rocking and a time for walking the floor, a time of patience and self-sacrifice, a time to show our children that this new world is a world of love and goodness and dependability, for babies don't wait. There is a time to ponder what a child is, not a pet or a toy, but a person an individual made in the image of God. There is a time to consider our stewardship. We cannot possess another human being. Our children are not ours. We have chosen to care for them, to love them, to enjoy them, to nurture them, and to answer to God. We resolve to do our best for them, for children don't wait. In the West Australian last year, Gemma Tognini had written a piece titled The Great Parenting Hoax. She writes about a couple of friends who realised that if they wanted to be more present with their kids while they were young, something had to give. She writes that we are told the lie that we can have it all, but actually we do have limitations. This is a quote, and that's okay, she says. We need to stop trying to create a narrative that isn't reflected in any kind of reality. We need to start celebrating the mums and dads who are honest enough to say it's, and I'll leave that to your imagination, (laughs) it's really hard, (laughs) and there's a real cost involved, often to your own well-being when you do try to have it all. So whether it be the overwhelmed mum of young children, the FIFO family, families with children who have extra needs, those trying to juggle work and home life, parents of teenagers taxiing them around, singles doing it all alone, those with demanding jobs who feel stretched to the limit, those with a season of ill health or caring for ageing parents, we all get tired and weary Our bodies and emotions can only be stretched so far. 
we sometimes need to slow down, rest, and embrace the present. For children don't wait, nor will your teenager who in that rare moment wants to talk to you, nor will your friend who desperately needs to talk, nor will aging parents. So if you're feeling the limitations, your frailty, that you're stressed out and exhausted, know that Jesus understands. He too had human limitations. He got tired and had to rest and retreat. Psalm 103 says, you know all about us, inside and out. You are mindful that we are made from dust. God is okay with our limitations, but are we? And God promises to supply all our needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. So be assured that God is faithful. He will take care of your future. Slow down and embrace what God has blessed you with today. And now Anna's going to share with us. As many of you are probably aware, my pregnancy and my birth with Sebastian was quite risky and a little bit traumatic. Um, and so he was born um, at 20 weeks, 28 weeks gestation. It was all a little bit touch and go for both of us. And so for Daniel and I, um, having a biological child, another one, was too risky. So we decided that we would go down the adoption road. Um, so last year, after starting the process about a year and a half ago, uh, we found out that our application for adoption was rejected um, due to my health and the concerns they had around that, um, the lack of data and evidence for, I guess, mortality rates for people with my heart condition. Um, so yeah, this was something that was incredibly heartbreaking for us. Um, for myself, I have never experienced grief at this level. Um, I found that it was even more grief than my two miscarriages before that, because uh, it was very final. Um, it was kind of like a closed little door um, for us having more children. And it was something that we both really wanted, and it was something that we wanted to see. I guess we believed that it was part of God's plan for us, that we would be able to adopt. God calls us to look after the orphan and the widow, so it makes sense that we were doing that. Um, we got our cardiologist to write a letter to try and push back and see if we could get that rejection overturned. But ultimately, um, he wasn't able to alleviate, I guess, the concerns that they had around my heart condition. And so the rejection was finalised um, on Sebastian's birthday last year. Yeah, so afterwards I crumpled a lot. I didn't learn very much at all. Um, I cried <laughs> and I shut myself away. Um, I spent a lot of time crying to Dan and to my mum, who was living with us at the time, my home with girls, and ultimately crying out to God um, because I was sad and because I was angry and I was mad and it seemed so unfair. Um, but one thing that was kind of like a little God thing in a way was we found out on Sebastian's birthday that I got rejected and so that seemed really unfair at first. It seemed like this kind of cool joke that he was playing. But then I spent the whole day celebrating my son and celebrating the blessing that I already had. Um, 
and remembering that I wasn't supposed to have any kids, and that was something that was never, you know, something that I thought I'd ever be able to have, and yet here I was celebrating the life of the miracle of Sebastian, who I personally believe is the best child in the world. for sharing with us, Anna, and I'm sure it's not easy to sit and hear the pain there. And thank you for being honest about your pain there. And I'm sure God's got lots of good things in store for you and Dan, but it's still painful, so we feel for you. And we think Seb's pretty cute too. (laughs) But life can be disappointing, let's be honest. And like for Anna, Things we've been hoping for and praying for and expecting God for don't always happen. Our disappointment will look different than Anna's disappointment, but it will be just as real for us. Maybe the child you've longed for and prayed for hasn't yet come. The marriage partner you've been hoping and praying for hasn't turned up. The marriage you'd anticipated has disappointed you. That grade you worked so hard for didn't eventuate. The promotion you were sure you were going to get didn't come. The house you wanted was out of your reach. The health diagnosis you received was far, far worse than you'd anticipated. There are so many reasons for us to experience great disappointment and disillusionment in this broken world and cause us to wonder, where is God in this? Does he really care? Is God really for me? We don't have to brush our disappointment and grief for the life we thought we would have aside. But as we mourn the disappointment, 
we can look to God, the God of hope. Everything, absolutely everything, was against that woman at the well. She was the lowest of the low, demeaned and disregarded. And yet Jesus went out of his way to embrace her, to offer her living water. Then she left the water jar. The well water she came to get was no longer the most important thing and ran off to tell everyone in her village about Jesus. And her testimony convinced an entire town to believe. In the end, it is Jesus Christ, not our circumstances, that brings life. And he offers each of us living water, his life to us. When life brings disappointment, God calls us to trust in him with all our hearts and not lean on our own understandings. He calls us to in all our ways acknowledge him and he will make our paths straight. Now let's hear from Robin Zilstra. Well, my daughter Emily, our daughter, married the love of her life who's American um, three years ago, and they've now made their home on a beautiful rural farm in northern Michigan. Um, we visited a few times over the years, and we were planning to do that more so as we near time. Um, Mid-2019, we were there having one summer holiday with them, and they shared the happy news that a baby was on the way. So we were thrilled and immediately started planning our next round of visits. Um, I went back a few months later for the baby shower, and that was fabulous, and the you know, was just starting to show, and I told her I'd be back in a few months from the baby. <coughs> Well, 2020 arrived and so did COVID. The baby was due <laughs> at the end of March, and by the middle of that month, as we knew, the borders were all closing and the global pandemic was declared. We had to call our daughter and tell her that we weren't coming. So many tears. And at that stage, we had hoped that in a few months this would all settle and we would fly over. Sadly to say, as time's gone on, that's become obvious that we can't do that, we're in for the long haul. Little Benjamin um, has been just had his first birthday and he's walking back in and a beautiful little man that I'm so happy cold. I am so proud of my daughter for her insurance. Um, she's had a very rough year. She's a new mum in a new country, um, and that country's had so many challenges, not just the global pandemic. She's come through. Um, we're pretty comforted, and a lot of people say you have technology, and we're pretty grateful for that. And um, there's not a day that we don't see that little happy face waving and smiling at us on the screen. He recognises us, and that's um, we have lots of stories, we sing, we build blocks, we talk together all the time, we wait, but it doesn't replace a touch on her. I have no alternative but to wait this thing out. Our um, fine scientists and medics are on the job, and I have no doubt that in giving time. The world won't be the same, but it will all come through. Um, in the meantime, we 
our field of responsibility to help those countries that are suffering a lot worse than us. And be grateful that God has sustained us along the way and will continue to do so. The main things we've learned is a lesson in patience and endurance and faithfulness. Um, this time when your families that are the same and a lot worse off, um, I feel that I've been taught that to be a mother is, um, is a huge blessing and I'm very grateful for it. But sometimes you can't be a handsome mother that you think you've got to be. Um, and I feel robbed of missing the most important event, so far in my daughter's life. But many others, they've lost their loved ones forever. So I continue to count many blessings and don't dwell on how sad this has been or, or how hard it's been because so many others have had a lot worse. So I tend to look ahead and picture the day that this is behind us and we will be happier, healthier and hopefully mm -hmm. I can feel that it ends after that idea. Thank you, Robin. Robin was in our first service, and as she said, so many tears. COVID has caused so many tears, not just across in this room, but across our world at this time. So many are experiencing the sorrow of family separation. And celebrations like Mother's Day often bring vivid reminders of those separations. Children separated from parents, parents separated from children and grandchildren, siblings separated. Maybe the sorrow of separation for you is not because of COVID, but through the death of a loved one, or relational breakdown, or children lost to the world, or addiction. The God of all comfort keeps watch over all your tears. God understands the heartache of those who are separated. He understands our longing for those we love. Nick often uses that phrase, the father wants his children back. God longs to embrace all his children. He loves with an everlasting love. He runs out to greet and embrace the prodigal on his way home. He longs for all to come home to him and keeps longing even when they don't come. In Isaiah 49:15, we read, can a mother forget her little child and not have love for her own son? That's hardly possible, we would think. Yet even, even if that should be, I will not forget you, says the Lord. The Lord understands our pain and heartache. In Psalm 130, we read, Out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits, and in his word I put my hope. Put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love. As we wait, the psalmist calls us to put our hope in the faithfulness of God, in his unfailing love, trusting those we love to Jesus. And he holds out to us the living water of his presence, his peace to comfort, refresh, and sustain us. So as we come to a close, to those entering new seasons of life, especially those mums caring for new little lives, we celebrate with you 
May you know God's embrace and joy. To those feeling their human limitations, overcome, tired and weary, may you know God's embrace and strengthening. To those who are disappointed that life isn't going the way you'd hoped or planned, may you know God's embrace and His grace to keep trusting in Him. To those separated from loved ones, may you know God's embrace as you wait and hope in the Lord. And for all the women in the room, we thank God for you, for your contribution to your children, your families, to the generations that come after you and to the larger community. And I'd like to pray for you. And also let's take a few moments to acknowledge our own mums and the contributions they've made to our lives. Let's pray. Lord, I want to lift up to you all the mothers and women here. And for our own mothers, wherever they are, whether close or far away. We pray for each one, that each one will know that they are embraced by a God who sees them, who knows them and knows their circumstances, who knows their particular joys and burdens, and to offers to all who will receive the living water of his comforting, refreshing, sustaining, cleansing, joyous life. And as this water flows in and through them, May they take this water into the places that you put them to offer to others who are thirsty. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you his peace. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this podcast brought to you from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. Our prayer is that what was said today inspires you and strengthens you in your faith. If you would like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, you can contact the team during office hours on the number you can find on our website at mounties.org.au. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to having your company again soon. God bless.